You know all those fears about the Delta variant? Well, look, it's not so bad, is it? People are getting the jab, they're getting back to work. Well, in some parts of the world anyway. Businesses are upping their production. Things aren't so bad after all. Well, that seems to be the market mood once again anyway. Did everyone just collectively fall out the wrong side of the bed on Monday morning? Because the mood is very different today. It's Thursday, the 22nd of July, 2021. It's the morning call from NAP. Good morning. Well, look at this 10-year Treasury yields in the U.S. up seven basis points, back to uh, 1.29%, just shy of the big fall at the start of the week. Uh, Also, the Aussie dollar, which has been rising since the end of the last week, isn't rising anymore, down a quarter percent on the DXY, falling below 93, despite that rise in Treasury yields. The dollar is still 0.4% up on the Japanese yen. Uh, The pound is up 0.7%. The Aussie dollar up 0.4%, just below 73.6 U.S. cents. The Canadian dollar is up up almost 1% this morning and stocks also doing well 0.9% for the Dow and the Nasdaq 0.7% for the S&P the Euro stocks 50 up 1.8% 1.7% for the FTSE 100 so big rises in uh, Europe 2.5% rise in Spain and oil up over 4% in fact 4.5% for WTI back over $70 a barrel all this of course means the the news must be that coronavirus has been eradicated uh, <laughs> otherwise, why is all this uh, concern gone away? Here's David DeGarris at NAB in London. I jest, of course, but look, this is a complete turnaround, I mean, and we saw it starting yesterday, uh, but really we are now back where we were at the end of last week before all those Delta concerns. They've just wafted away, haven't they, Dave? Boy, bonds have had a massive move in the past 24 to 48 hours, Phil. Mm. Like, uh, they've just cast caution they, aside, haven't they, basically? That, exactly. They created yesterday today below 113 and here we are at um what 128 129 on the 10 mm. year you know which is low enough right but uh, as you say and you look at across the uh the share market today what's been happening what have they been doing um you know they've been buying the reopening type trades the leisure yeah. stocks look at oil that's a good good example there so um yeah. it seemed like yesterday oil was sort of on its way to $80 and uh, it was back into the six high 60s and here we are with Brent at up nearly $3 a barrel Yes, today. small caps doing well as well, that's a sign isn't it? Financials doing well, commodities Indeed. industrials, all of, the, all of those, the only one that's not doing well is Netflix which uh, uh, is down 4% because their forecast was rather tame, but you know that's because we're all going to stop watching TV as well isn't it? Because we're going to Apparently, um, <laughs> just, just as a couple of little sides things that are happening in the market today, Phil, um our friend lumber prices yeah. up uh, nearly 8% today. Um, supply situation with Canada, wildfires in Canada. Right. And uh, you're going to find your morning coffee is going to get more expensive, Phil. Coffee futures are up 5.5% today. So you, it's been you. extremely dry and extremely cold in Brazil. Um wow. So we're back, back to, yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? So climate change is playing into all these supply concerns as well. Quite, so, quite possibly. Yeah. But it's certainly in some more elements of uh, transient inflation there. Well, thank goodness I've got uh, a backlog of two, two months' supply of Nespresso pods to uh, <laughs> to see me through. So hopefully supplies will be back by then. But look, oil's interesting, isn't it? Because oil stocks in the States were expected to fall. Uh, the, the supply there, uh, the reserves, are expected to fall at least 4.5 million. But they've actually increased... Mm by yes. 2 million so less demand and yet oil prices are rising so there's the indication that people are obviously expecting that the demand will pick up even Correct. though it hasn't picked up just yet maybe the airlines 
for example? It did not bat an eyelid today, Phil. It was just one-way traffic in the reflation trade, and the same goes for oil. So if you looked at those uh, weekly inventory figures out of the US and you would have thought, well, it would be a pretty ordinary day for oil, but it's just been one-way one way traffic today. So... Um, as I said, well, uh, well and truly back into the 70s again. So I had a look at Flight Radar 24, which uh, tracks mm. commercial flights globally. At this time last year, they were basically half. That's one of your favourites, right? I love it. I love that, and I love the Tom Tom Traffic Index as well. I'm oh, yes, yes. So the Flight Radar 24, this time last year, they were basically half what they were the, the year before that, you know, when before yes. the pandemic. Now they're about 25% down, but they are slowly building back up. And if, yes. and if we get to yes. the stage where we get a double jab, and a PCR test, which replaces the yes. quarantine, and then we could see that pick up even more, couldn't we? So, I mean, it- well, I, yeah, absolutely. I'm quite in love with indicators, my own sort of personal indicators for people that I meet, you know, mm. through my travels day to day. The um, Sam at the coffee shop uh, was just saying today, because I said, Well, how's it been for you? He said, Look, week by week, it seems slow, but his numbers, he said, have been up. 10% week on week for the past few weeks, even though the city feels pretty empty still, Phil. Mm. Um, and I've been going to work back to the office now for a few weeks. That's That's been the situation. So uh, it, it's sort of a similar story, isn't it? That yeah. things are beginning to get back. So I, I think that the, the for the markets right now, it's still, you know, we had 48 hours and the market sort of brushed aside the fact that we've got these vaccines and they do seem to be doing their jobs still. Like they're not eradicating the Delta variant. That's not go- that's not going away. You no. know that story. So the other measure uh, is the TomTom traffic index, yes. which I do like to use. And if you take uh, New York traffic as a, as a for example, and you look at the uh, the relative difference, the average congestion levels now compared to where they were in 2019 yes. before the pandemic, and uh, a few weeks ago, uh, week 24 and 25 of the year, uh, right. there were but congestion levels were back up to where they were. They have been right. falling down quite a bit over the the last few weeks. Yes. So I mean that might cause yes, a bit of concern yes. but there again you know maybe they'll go back up again who knows and the other thing to watch obviously is and because all of this and we seem to have you know thrown a, a, away all those concerns about the delta virus i guess it is because i mean it is you know there's two numbers to look at aren't that there's the number of infections and uh, the number of vaccines and uh, you know which countries are doing well correct and I, I, actually i think the most important one phil for me will be hospital you know, hospital Those admissions are, yeah right in the us and and the uk and there the, the U, U, uk numbers are still sort of 80 percent less than the peak that they were in in the previous lockdown mm-hmm. they've gone up a lot we know that uh, yeah. they have gone up a lot but they're still a fraction of what they were last time. So they're the ones to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, the sort of numbers that Neil Ferguson and others were talking about are sort of like on the way to 100,000 infections and what that means for, what, a 1,000 more, you know. Um, so they're the ones to watch for me. Yeah, and then we can apply that, I think, around the world, can't we? You know, obviously different we countries have different, different levels of health service, but, I mean, it's an interesting litmus test. So they, if you look at the percentage of the entire population, uh, kids included, who've had a double jab, so uh, yes. the, the, the you know, I think it's the real number. So the UK is at 53.5%, the US is 494 Germany right. now, not far behind, 47.4%, Ireland 473 yes. Italy 45.1%. So Europe is really gaining momentum here now as well. 
well. Yes. So that bodes well. So obviously the only concerns are quite a bit of Asia, Australia, New Zealand, Brazil, yes. Africa. Yes, um, yes. But, um, you know, but every reason that Europe can have a positive outlook looking at these numbers. Indeed, indeed. So, um, and as we know, that it's the younger people that have tended to spread the Delta mm. variant. So, um, and and they get they get a lot less less sick, but it, it sort of just emphasises the need, you know, to get vaccinated. But um, you know, the, the, the numbers are still improving for me. So, so that, that vaccination is certainly a big part of the story. So given the vaccination numbers are up, um, and you know, even though there was the, all this concern earlier in the week, which we all seem to have forgotten about now, or, or less concerned about, what does it mean for the ECB? Because are there going to be any changes to the uh, to the to the monetary policy settings that uh, that that are coming out uh, from their from their meeting today? We're expecting it, and you know, and there was a concern that you know that they they are or not a concern, an expectation that they're going to be more dovish, but you know, maybe not. That's sort of, well, that is the sort of read through of the narrative that a lot of people are talking about. Um, you know, that uh, the president Lagarde has been talking about, you know, the ECB being what forceful and persistent, but how much dovish can they be? I mean, the market is pricing infill, nothing from, from the ECB in terms of rate rises for quite some period of time, certainly a lot later than the Fed. Um, and financing conditions are still very, very accommodative. And even in this last little episode, the euro has been lower. So that's been helpful. Obviously, credit markets have been a bit wobblier in recent days. So those things are put in place. That's their number one priority for the time being, to get through the pandemic. And then they have the challenge of uh, getting inflation up towards their target. It hasn't been at 2% since, what, 2008, I think. Um, mm. So, you know, they've missed it by the best part of a percent. So that's the big challenge. So why are, so they, having, the market, why, why are they having that problem? And, uh, you know, in other parts of the world, like the United States, obviously, the concern is the opposite. Why are they not having these uh, these inflation concerns, which are are being driven by supply chain shortages? Well, they are. It's just off a lower base, mm. I think. So you know, and you look at their core inflation; it's at what point nine. Headline is at one point nine. So maybe that's towards the peak type levels it will get to. You know, and that's benefiting from the base effects every year ago, whereas, you know, the same numbers for the US are, what, 5.4 in the UK, 2.5%. And you look at, you know, things like breaking even inflation rates in Germany, you know, the 10-year is in the ones rather than the US and mm. Australia and, and the UK, obviously, a lot higher. So how are they going to convince the market they are going to achieve, you know, a 2% inflation target over yeah. a period of time? That's the challenge. Now, Brexit hasn't gone away. Uh, oh, joy. Uh, the Apparently no not. The Northern Ireland Protocol still hasn't <laughs> been sorted out. Boris Johnson now wants to reinvent it or renegotiate it. The EU's obviously not going to be very happy about this. I mean, it, the, I think it's uh, it, uh, th this has been pushed back and pushed back. Hasn't it? This is over the deal about, you know, how the, the border is going to work. Uh, Correct. Uh, into Northern Ireland or between Northern Ireland and uh, and the yes. Irish mainland and the and the British mainland and uh, which goods need to be checked and all that sort of stuff and there's been a, a sort of like a a, a a period of time where it's not all being enforced and that was to the end of June yes. and then it's been pushed back to I think to the end of uh, August hasn't it or the end of September 
Um, and uh, now that they're, they're wanting to renegotiate so that they have something completely different at the end of all of this. And so, yes, well, so we're still talking, we're still negotiating Brexit, basically, even though it's already here. <laughs> one, one, one part of it after it sort of started, you know, seven months ago. Well, started earlier than that, I guess. But um, I think the, the, the sort of proposal is they're seeking a practical solution. You know, what do they call it? An honesty box approach where. <laughs> You know, uh, <clears throat> British goods are allowed in, you know, subject to meeting the, uh, you know, the standards, but not needing to be all individually checked, you know, for supermarkets and so forth. So, I mean, the rhetoric has been pretty strong. Just hope that the four parties get together, or at least three, you know, Northern Ireland, um, uh, UK and, um, and, and Europe get together to nut out a practical solution uh, even though the rhetoric has been pretty strong today. Uh, I think the signs are there. They should be able to do that. But really? sometimes I mean, politics can intervene. They've <laughs> been trying for years. Ever since people voted, this has been the sticking I know, point. I know. How do, you, how do you have the border when there isn't? they don't want a border there? Yeah, but, exactly. um, an honesty box. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> it is an, well, that's what they're seeking, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, the Northern well. Irish like to eat their British sausages too, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, now, uh, that's, oh, so, oh, yeah, and then today, the NAB June quarter business survey, uh, is this going to tell us too much? I mean, it's, it's, it, I guess it's good Look, for forward-looking indicators, but we know they've been completely changed by the lockdown. Correct, correct, correct. I mean, if we went back a month or six weeks before the lock, you know, before the uh, Melbourne and, and Sydney lockdowns, we would have ended. The market would have been paying really close attention to what it's saying about capacity pressures, shortages of labour, all those sorts of things. And you hope that those things will come back you know, in two to three months' time. Mm. But uh, right now it's all about, you know, the daily infection news, isn't it? And um, the fear that uh, New South Wales could get extended even further. Yeah, it, it really could, couldn't it? And uh, in other news, I see that the Biden administration seems to be throwing its support between uh, behind Jerome Powell uh, yes. for, for a new a new term as the, uh, the the chair of the Fed. I, I mm. imagine, I imagine, yeah, you know, because they've been overblown by his charisma. That's what's doing it, isn't it? I mean, how can you there resist you there a, you man, a man with such charm and charisma? I, I always guess. said you're a very smart fellow, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for this uh, for today. We'll catch you again soon, Dave. Thank you. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. I am back to NAB in London tomorrow morning. Gavin Friend is going to join us then. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. <laughs>